my fellow challenge lovers, welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibald. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today, which today on the podcast, we are breaking down the top 20 and then some extra eliminations of the first 20 seasons. We did the top 20 dailies last Monday, the week before that. We ranked all 20 seasons from the first 20. We talked about the eras and the greatest casts of the first 20 seasons. It's a whole big rewatch recap miniseries celebration of the first 20 seasons that we have covered already this year on the rewatch series. So today is all about eliminations. Before we dive in, a couple quick programming notes. Rider Dies recaps, episode five. It's out. It's available right now. If you haven't watched the episode, go watch the episode and then tune in to the recap. Those will be coming every Wednesday night for the remainder of that season. And next week, two more, the final two in this recap rewatch mini series. Series, that's the word I was looking for there. The last two of them, we're going to do the best MVPs and the best cast members of the first 20 seasons. And then on the next Friday, one week from today, we will do the top 20 moments and quotes from the first 20 seasons. That I'm starting to plan that one. It's looking a little long. We maybe split that one up. I don't know, but at least one of those, if not both of those next Friday. And then of course on Saturdays over on the most likely two podcast feed, breaking down survivor that is entering the home stretch of that season. So if you're watching survivor, you should be listening to those recaps with me and Paige. Other than that, that's what we got going on. So let's get to what we got getting to today, which is again, the top 20 eliminations of the first 20 seasons, which of course, you know, when when we do this much as we did back on Monday, you can't just make a list of 20. You've kind of got them. It's, it's going to end up being a little longer than that. It's going to have to have a big old section for honorable mentions, and this one does. So we're going to start with a couple high-level overviews, break down the honorable mentions, and then get into the top 20. Here we go. Before we get to the list itself, a couple high-level things. Because back on Monday when I did the daily challenges, I forgot to mention a couple of the high-level fun notes and numbers until I was halfway through the list and then I had to kind of break up the list, whatever. You get what I'm going with here. And if you don't, you're about to. I just got to tell you a couple high-level numbers. The biggest one, obviously, is the total number of eliminations we are considering here to make this list of the top 20 of the first 20 seasons. We're looking at 160 two eliminations 162 total obviously this number is smaller than i think it was the 229 on the daily side that being because the eliminations weren't introduced until season seven the gauntlet and then we had one more unfortunate season without them in season nine battle of the sexes two but from seven to 20 those 13 seasons minus battle of the sexes two all have had the eliminations we've had 162 and they've been all over the map the great thing about the eliminations early in the challenge is they are all kinds of weird and funky and odd and different time after time. And it's not obviously today in the modern game, this most recent seasons. Yes, there there is a lot of variance. Every time you walk in there, you could see something totally brand new they've come up with on the spot. But there's a little bit more consistency to you're going to see these couple headbangers. That's a given. And the other ones are going to be some little like some physical endurance with the puzzle or some strength with some physical endurance with the little puzzle or great communications if it's a partner season and doing something physical in a puzzle like you're you're going to get that kind of combination and in the early days they did all kinds of different things which means this list is made up of all kinds of different eliminations from all over the place across those you know 13 or whatever seasons we're looking at these 162 eliminations the other thing to break down of those 162 when I grade every single elimination, which of course, this is how I'm able to produce this list after the fact, I didn't just sit down and think and pop up 20 in my head. I went back to my list. I've graded every single one as I have rewatched all of them. And when I grade them, I break them down into four categories. I consider them either a physical elimination, an endurance elimination, a puzzle, or a combo elimination, which is obviously a combination of physical endurance or puzzle or two or all three of them. And 
in this in this early run, 93 I call physical, 40 I call endurance, 10 I call puzzle, 10 or 11, excuse me, I call combo. And later, when we start doing all the seasons after this, it's probably going to be almost all combo because of exactly what I just explained. They pretty much all are combinations now where back in the day, they used to be a little bit more straightforward, like just do this one thing, just do this one puzzle, just hold a crunch position over a thing of water on the ruins, just run into each other, whatever, and it's physical, just wrestle this away, whatever it was, hang from this as long as you can, whatever. So 93 physical, 40 endurance, 10 puzzle, 11 combo, definitely a lot on the physical side and a lot kind of surprised at the endurance side, which this is not just like who can run the longest endurance, meaning more or less muscular endurance. I consider things like on the gauntlet where, you know, Sarah Grayson's number one game of all the games she was good at hanging upside down. I forget what they called it, but hanging upside down from the, uh, the little pole, just who could hang the longest that's endurance in my mind. So that's how that breaks down. As for the big four of eliminations, what I consider the big four, and I would say this is consensus. Well, obviously it's objectively true because I'm the historian. They're my history books. They're my record books. I'm the one that gets to make these types of proclamations. Of course, you know that. But even if I wasn't, I think everyone would at least agree with the three of these four that the big three headbanger eliminations now in the world of the challenge are hall brawl, pole wrestle, and kind of balls into, we just don't see that one quite as much as the other two, but I think those are consensus like when people think of the headbanger ones that we think about too much, we act like it's the whole challenge when it's really just one, two people have to do it every season, no one else. But those three, and I put not so fast, which I think is the best challenge elimination game they've ever come up with. I think it's the best one, I love it so much. I think those four hall brawl pole wrestle balls in not so fast are the big four eliminations. Those are like tier A of the best games they've ever come up with, or at least most famous or whatever, most loved. Hall brawl, there's only been one so far, one variant of hall brawl, which was on the Inferno 3 Derek versus Davis, where they kind of ran at uh, a 90 degree corner and had to get the ball and then score very much a hall brawl variant. There's been 16 pole wrestles, though. They started... Is 16 if you count the three beach brawls from Gauntlet 2, which obviously don't have a pole or anything, but wrestling in the middle of a circle, it felt very much like the spiritual successor, so I consider it a variant of pole wrestle. I marked it down, but if you don't count those three, then we're talking 13. Either way, a lot of pole wrestle has started to happen. Only one ball's in, the best ball's in, uh, probably ever, maybe ever. We'll see if it stands the test of time, but Brad versus Abram. More on that later. Spoiler there. It will be on the list. And then two versions of Not So Fast, if you count Spool from the Ruins as a variant of that, where, you know, Kahuta beat Wes, and on the other side, Kimberly beat, I believe, a Beast. Um, in that, you know, you had to unwrap your rope from the little obstacle course of going up, over, around, whatever. That's kind of a spiritual successor, a variant of Not So Fast. So we've seen two of those, one balls in, one hall brawl, 16 pole wrestles, obviously way heavier on that. So that's your little rundown. Now let's get into the good stuff. Let's talk the list. And we can't start with number 20 because it was impossible to only mention 20 here. I have seven honorable mentions plus an eighth group honorable person mention to throw in here. I'm going to run through these very fast. I will take more time on the actual 20 on the list. But these seven plus one group eighth one, have to be called out, have to be mentioned on this kind of podcast. And again, there's 162 of them to only have said 20. That's whatever. That's one eighth. That's not enough. We got to throw in a few extra. So here we go really quickly. Um, these are all, all deserving honorable mentions. Die Hard, Cutthroat episode number seven, Laurel Beats Camilla. It's a nail biter. It is, while one of them is banned from the show, it is two all-time competitors, you know, that have both some of the most successful females ever going head to head in their early seasons. The dynamic of the entire season was really at stake with Laurel staying and Camilla going home. If that would have been flipped the whole, the whole season and the dynamics of two of the three teams and really all three of the teams flip in that moment. So die hard cutthroat episode seven, Laurel beating Camilla push me the dual episode 12. This one has to be honorable mention. Svetlana beats Kina. It goes forever, forever. Push me where you had to stand on either side, uh, you know it very well from CT versus Brad, which, spoiler, will be on the list. But you stand on either side of the little pole that twirls around. You're each pushing against each other. These two women push forever, wear each other out, 
Svetlana wins after Kina eventually like breaks down, cramping up, can't go on any longer. And Kina is sneaky, the best, second best female on that season and definitely had a shot to win that final. So it was a big upset. It propels Svetlana to that final. Third honorable mention then, perfect fit, the gauntlet episode eight, Trishel beats Steve. Shout out to Trishel. Shout out to men and women doing eliminations versus each other back. Remember, I'm sorry, I've got to bring it up again, all of you on uh, Twitter and all over social media, and most importantly, Sarah Lucina and everyone in the Challenge USA house who had obviously not watched or studied this show before saying, oh my God, the first, she wants to go against a guy. That's never been done. It's like it literally was the first elimination ever on the gauntlet. And a bunch of them that season, including Trishel beating Steve in perfect fit. Steve has made multiple mentions that season of love and puzzles. He has this funny quote about when I grew up, puzzles were my friend. It's his second time doing this exact six piece tangram puzzle. And Trishel perfectly places one piece at a time, six, four, six, exact placement as she builds her board, nails it. It's great. Wonderful. Next one, honorable mention also goes to Waterbound, the Island, episode eight, the last elimination they're not called eliminations there. I count them. They're called face-offs. I call them eliminations. It is one of those things in the stats, challenge stats world. They could be dailies. They could be eliminations. They could be their own thing and not really count as any of them. I kind, I like to count them as eliminations. I have done so for this. Waterbound, Evelyn beats Dan, Dunbar, Johanna, and Kelly, and the five of them are the five without keys. They all get one last chance to earn one. And this one is insane and borderline straight up torture. It is where they have a weight tied around them that makes them, when they jump in the water, they sink down 10 feet, they hit the ground, they have to push themselves up hard enough to break the surface of the water, gulp for air, and then go back down and do it again. Whoever lasts the longest wins. Evelyn wins. It's massive, massive, massive for the storyline of that season to have Evelyn then go back in, not take Bananas Key, you know the rest. She joins the dark side. They win. Then, also from the island, honorable mention to The Rack, episode three, Kellyanne beats Robin and Rachel. By far the most survivor moment of this season that is very clearly ripping off and trying to be survivor. So that gets it a lot of points. Kellyanne, huge win uh, in her debut and going against Rachel especially makes it even more crazy and impressive and they go forever and it's brutal and there's a lot of chicanery going on during it, the chirping back and forth between different people. It's all great stuff. Then the sixth Honorable mention goes to Pull Me Over, Cutthroat Episode 5, Brandon Beats Ty. One, Brandon storyline that season. This was the second or third straight uh, elimination win on that season, which became a thing. TJ, even, you know, always commenting like your team, you're your team's best player, and they keep throwing you in. Ty absolutely gasses out. This is when Ty falls over the railing, lays there for so long that TJ DQs him from the round and then eventually DQs him from the whole thing because he just can't get up. TJ has never been as dumbfounded as he has in this moment of like, you're really not going to get up. Like, I know this is difficult or whatever, but like you guys just pushed against each other for like a minute and a half or whatever. Like what, what's going on here? You can't get up. It's just, it's crazy. It's stunning. It's a big part of one of the biggest storylines of the season. It makes the honorable mention here. And then the seventh and final honorable mention, at least single honorable mention goes to back up off me. Also from cutthroat episode two. And this is the one I, I I really snuck this on the list because I think Cara Maria beats Mandy back up off me, which is the game that obviously this isn't a spoiler. If you didn't expect this to be on the list, I don't know if you've ever watched the challenge before, but if you know what, remember what Banana's Backpack was, it's that. That's what Back Up Off Me, that's the game that it was. Obviously, Banana's Backpack will be on this list somewhere on this list. But Car Maria beating Mandy, it wasn't that competitive. It wasn't such a big moment, but it feels like this huge moment just because it's the first moment that things change a little bit in the Car Maria storyline. You know, she exits after episode one of her rookie season. She comes in episode one of her sophomore season and her team is looking at her like the weak link. And then in episode two, she gets to go in. And while yes, Mandy isn't the best, this isn't playing to Mandy's strengths. You know, it's not the most impressive win ever, but in the moment it felt really, really big looking back at it that Cara Maria won and in the fashion that she did and kind of got some mojo going and really set herself up for a good season. So those are the seven honorable mentions. And then the final honorable mention is this. It's a group one. It's to all five eliminations, all five gauntlets that the queen of the gauntlet, Sarah Grayson, won because none of the five make this list because 
they were they were all amazing as a collective, which is why we're talking about them here. The five and zero first season of eliminations, the way it all happened, the storyline of it all. She's the MVP of the season. We talked about it all when we talked about the gauntlet. An amazing, amazing season. One of the all-time great performances by Sarah. But because none of the five were quite of the level to make this top 20 list as an individual moment, an individually great elimination round, I had to at least make sure that we fit in somewhere. You can't talk about eliminations of the first 20 seasons without mentioning the queen of the gauntlet, Sarah Grayson. So shout out to her. She's an honorable mention, as are these seven. And now let's get to the top 20. Here we go. Top 20 eliminations of the first 20 seasons. Number 20, kicking it off with SWAT. One of the most memorable wacky, zany, wild ideas that they have ever had for an elimination. SWAT is from Cutthroat Episode 4, and I'm going to give a joint spot here to both Katie and Aia. Katie beats Aia and Luke beating Easy. Both versions of it are amazing. Both versions of it are great. First, you've got TJ coming to the house. Let me explain what SWAT is first and foremost. Unlike the daily ones, I did not write the entire logline Wikipedia version of what they had to do. SWAT, you sat across from each other with a fly swatter in hand, and you slapped each other across the face as hard as you could. If someone quit, the other one would win. The fly swatters got a little bigger, a little stronger, a little going to hurt more, and then eventually they both end up having to hold a can out, you know, stick their arm straight to the side, hold a line that's holding the can off the ground while slapping each other. And if you dropped your little bucket, you lost. They both eventually would come to that. It starts, though, with TJ showing up to the house and telling Luke and Easy that they both need to shave. Everyone being like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. This is so weird. This is random. And then they get there and they find out they're basically playing the game that inspires what is now called Knob Top, where you slap the shit out of each other and somehow it's a sport. But you know, that's what we do. We're, we're not that smart sometimes here in this country or anywhere in the world. We humans, we're not always that smart. We're kind of entertained by dumb stuff. And this one certainly was entertaining. Plenty enough to get it onto the list, number 20. Then number 19, I referenced this one already before, but it makes the list. Spool, The Ruins, Episode 5, specifically Kahata beating Wes. Wes's perfect run of elimination streak is snapped and the whole season flips on its head. So this is a massive, massive elimination. Plus it's Kahata winning. Plus the game is sweet. And as we said, it's an ancestor or successor, whatever. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, but it's not so fast. It's the first ever variant of not so fast. Now, Wes's perfect run at this point is what, 8-0, 7-0 or 8-0, the 5 off of, uh, no, even more than that. It's a lot. It's like 9-0. Whatever the frick, whatever the fuck it was, whatever it was. But the reason I don't know what it was, for a little inside uh, news into the podcast here, uh, unfortunately, the detailed, in-depth stats that I have been keeping through these 20 seasons of the rewatch were on a hard drive, and that hard drive, uh, it officially stopped working yesterday, just out of nowhere, just crapped the bed, and I went today to a place to have that looked at or possibly fixed and found out that it was so bad that the only way it could possibly be recovered is if I paid $1,500 for it to be recovered. So guess who doesn't have all of the challenge episodes anymore? Guess who doesn't have his stats anymore and is going to have to redo those someday. So if you're wondering why I didn't give the rundown of the most people, most individual wins yet, that's why. If you're wondering why next week's going to be really tough to come up with some of the, the breakdowns of best cast members, that's why. I don't have the stats anymore. Anyways, End of that, back to Spool, episode five of The Ruins, Kahuta Beats West. It's great. It's amazing. It comes in at number 19. Number 18, Ball Brawl, Gauntlet 3, Coral Beats Beth. The quote, matchup of the century. Not actually that competitive in the end. We got to say that. Beth maybe doesn't 100% try. Coral honestly isn't like 100% into it, but still wins and kind of wipes the floor with Beth in the end. But again, Beth maybe not so trying. This would have been amazing a couple seasons prior um, but at the point we get it, it, it feels a little, you know, like Pacquiao Mayweather fight that happened four years after it should have happened, you know, that kind of thing. But regardless, it was still Beth versus Coral in ball brawl, which is where they had to, they ran out 
uh, picked up a football and then had to turn around and get it back across their, you know, end zone site type line. And the other person could tackle them and go for the ball. There was five of these five rounds. The first three was worth one point. The next two were worth two points. First two, uh, I believe it was four points. So you just kind of gave up on the third one. If you're up to nothing anyways, match with the century coral beats, Beth gone. The three ball brawl. That's number 18. Then number 17 and 16, both of them individually we're not grouping them together because both individually are amazing and both deserve to make this list number 17 and number 16 ragdoll the ruins episode 9 bananas beating dunbar is 17 susie beating kimberly is 16 it's raining it's the final on the line the final elimination it's totally utterly brutal ragdoll is a version of pole wrestle but with a loose piece of rope. You each hold on to an end of a piece of rope, meaning you could really twirl around, throw people around, get in all kinds of crazy positions, unlike the fixed, you know, pole that they usually are using. And it's Susie keeping her perfect streak alive. Um, Kimberly, the upstart of that season, going home last minute, but putting up a way better fight. Both of those women uh, putting up just incredible, incredible effort in fight. And then it's Bananas, and, you know, pulling off his second straight win because of this victory over Dunbar. It's Dunny Bear not quite getting it done again. It's a big matchup. It matters a lot historically and everything. And it also maybe changes the tide of the season because not that like Bananas was doing anything amazing in the final, but if you give uh, Sarah and Kellyanne one, you know, one guy, one extra person in a Dunbar to do a little bit with them, maybe they can pull that one off. So Ragdoll, number 17 and 16, Bananas beating Dunbar, Susie beating Kimberly. That is the first five of the top 20. We enter the top 15 now. Number 15 is another Ruins, another Kahuta victory. Hogtie, Kahuta beats Cyrus, Ruins episode six, a classic game in its first ever iteration. They played it a couple times this season, or well, I guess twice. They played a male version and a female version. Female version, not as enjoyable of a watch on that one. Shout out to Queen V, Veronica. But Kahuta beats Cyrus in a crazy matchup. This is the game where most known for Leroy being amazing at it. Uh, you hang upside down by your feet and your hands on a log. You have to shimmy from one side to the other. This version just from one side to the other, a key in the middle, grab the key off at the end, unclip your feet and your hands run over and hit a bell. Cyrus gets out to a big lead. He gets the key first. He gets to the end first, but then he goes and doesn't realize the strategy. He kind of fumbles the key a bunch, and then he tries to unlock all four. I want two hands, two feet, where then Kahuta catches up and realizes I only got to unlock one of each. I can pull the whole thing over the log then after that and run with all these still attached to me. He does. He wins and uh, saves the challengers for a night at least kind of like saves the season a little bit for competitiveness for like a day because the guy, a guy challenger finally wins uh, a ruins, but uh, it's wild. It's a classic game. It's a really good matchup. It's Kahuta winning. It's unfortunately Cyrus losing, but Kahuta and Cyrus in there. Hogtie comes in number 15. And guess what? There's more ruins. Holy cow. The ruins is to the eliminations as the duel was to daily challenges. It turns out because number 14, Shadow Fighters, the ruins episode two, Kellyanne beats Evelyn. And now I hear what you're saying, right? When I say this, you're like, how can this be the 14th best out of 160, whatever I said, eliminations of the first 20 seasons? One person quit. What are you talking about? And yes, one person does eventually quit in this, and that would be Evelyn. But this game, one, this game is cool as shit. This is where you're standing on platforms uh, opposite each other, you know, 15 feet away, whatever, and your hands and your feet are all attached to a line, which is attached to the other person's hand and feet, and you're pulling on each other, trying to get each other off of the platform with it. It's a very interesting, cool game. The other two that play it are Wes and Nick, which just sucked and was a dominate dominating effort by Wes, so it's not going to come anywhere near this list. But this one, even though Evelyn eventually quits, does, because the game's cool as shit. It's a wild storyline. No one knows what's going to happen going in, including Evelyn and Kellyanne both themselves. They don't know if Evelyn's going to quit. She kind of tries, then she's not trying, and then she tries again, and then she's not, and it comes down to, it's a best out of five, and it comes down to the fifth round when Ev finally gives up, and 
it's a big deal for a bunch of reasons. One, uh, you know, it's just, it's Evelyn dealing with everything that was the island and realizing I can't do this again. I don't want to be on a team with these people. I don't care if it's going to win. I don't, they put me against my friend. This is bullshit. It's her and Wes being, you know, thrown against the wall early in this season by their team, which leads to everything in fresh meat too immediately afterwards. And it mostly, it leads to the fact that Evelyn wasn't losing any of these eliminations all season long to any of these women, even if she was going in every single time. It's just, she was going to win all of them. They were all made not made for her, but uh, most of them are essentially made for her because she's so good at all of this stuff. And that team was so good. Evelyn is win. Evelyn wins if she doesn't quit in an elimination this season, even early as early as it happened. I'm confident Evelyn is on the team at the end and is winning and would have three wins on her resume and would really change things on the GOAT debate on the female side of things. So Shadow Fighters, a lot of history, a cool as shit game. Didn't know what was going to happen. Even though someone quit, it makes the list. Then number 13, Capture the Flag, Gauntlet 2, Episode 6, Alton beats Adam, my guy Adam King, poor Adam King, runs in to the greatest athlete we've never maybe ever seen in the history of the challenge, and that is Alton, and that is Alton climbing, and yes, this is by far the most lopsided uh, uh, elimination that makes this top 20 list, because competitiveness is something that makes an elimination great, and you got to be great to make a top 20 out of, again, 160 whatever. But also, if you do something shockingly amazing, shocking level of athleticism and the fastest elimination victory anyone's ever seen, then that can also vault you onto the list, which is what happens here. No one's ever climbed a cargo net faster than Alton climbs this thing. It's like one and a half seconds, and it's not that tall, but like it's a 15-foot climb. I don't know. It's not nothing. It should take 20 seconds, 15 seconds, and it takes two, maybe two. And as TJ says afterwards, like Adam was halfway up in two seconds and was like, holy shit, okay, like you would have beaten anyone else here, clearly. But you went up against a guy that did that faster than even imaginable that it was possible, which is insane. TJ's blown away by the whole thing during his first season. It's great. It just purely off the athletic performance alone had to be on this list. Capture the flag, number 13. Number 12. Fresh Meat 2, Episodes 9 slash 10. It's a cliffhanger two-parter. Wait for me, Blackout. Jen and Noir beating Teresa and Ryan. The Exiles were cool. Just flat out, I like Exiles. They're cool. They graded pretty high in my book. Um, and then at night, while they're super dangerous, they're even cooler. I love the night ones. Super duper dangerous. Holy shit, were those dangerous. But no one got hurt. No one fell off the side of a mountain. So that's good. And they're really, really cool. And this one was just a perfect matchup at the end of the season. It was only right that Jen and Noor and Teresa and Ryan ended up in this position because of the way they played the game, which they played the game exactly as they should have been doing all season long. They made all the right moves, but being in the middle, they, they at the end had to be going the one time versus each other. It's a close race. It's interesting. It's fun. Jen and Ryan, it caps off their best season for both of them, even though obviously Jen would get to go run the final then, but this really capped off the best season for her. Ryan, it was his best season probably as well. Wait for me, Blackout, Fresh Meat, two, episode nine slash 10 is number 12. And then number 11, the final one to just be on the outside looking into that top 10, but still no snub here to be number 11 in the top 20 of the first 20 seasons, best eliminations ever. That would be the aforementioned and referenced earlier push me from the duel, episode five, Brad beats CT. And y'all know this one, CT DQs. He storms out the gates. He's yelling like a madman. Brad has zero chance of doing anything but just being shoved backwards until CT reaches down and rips that flag off. Did the flag come off super duper easy? Yeah, it did. It, it's a little... I don't know. Seems seems like it should have held on a little stronger than it did, but he rips it nonetheless, and he had all the time in the world. He could have sat there with his back against the log and smoked a couple cigarettes and waited until Brad was like, stop Jimmy in the thing to let him just do it calmly, take the thing off. Um, and yeah, it's a massive moment in challenge history, obviously. It's a big, big moment for Brad, not just because of the obvious he beats CT and gets to go to the final where he eventually loses because of the bullshit penalty kick soccer thing to start it but 
Brad goes 2-0 versus CT this season because, as we talked about on Monday, one of the best daily challenges of the first 20 seasons is when Brad beats CT one-on-one at the end of Roller Derby to win the BMW motorcycle, the best prize ever probably given out in the history of the show. So he goes 2-0 one-on-one against them, and one of them is this DQ and is a very, very famous moment and one of the handful of moments that make Brad maybe probably definitely the most consequential player in the history of the challenge as far as how much he has been a part of all these other massively influential moments for all of the other massively influential people in the game push me duel episode number it's not five why do i have five written here uh, it's like nine or whatever it's the second to last one of the season whatever it may be it's number 11 on this list We've entered rarefied air, top 10, here we come. Number 10, O-Ring, The Ruins, episode four, Sarah beats Katie. Again, The Ruins, say what you will, we said a lot about it when we covered that season, but the eliminations were gosh darn amazing, all right? And O-Ring was one of them. Episode four, Sarah beats Katie. This is where they hung in the air, and it was kind of like pole wrestle. I count it as a, a variant of pole wrestle, but there wasn't a lot of real wrestling. It was more just hanging on to the ring in the middle of the air. You could squirm around, you could push and pull or whatever, but eventually all the versions of it turn into just who can hang there the longest as you are being kind of pulled back off of the thing. Just hang on for dear life. And this one, the shit talking, the finger flipping, it's rookie Sarah, you know, coming in hot, you know, as the big, the, the rookie the dominant rookie so far, the one I'm super into competition, I'm super into sports, I'm loving this, I'm getting super into it, versus the super vet Katie, who had previously said she was retiring, but now she's back, she's doing it again, and they're, somehow they stirred up bad blood between themselves prior to this, because, you know, Katie's whole team hated her, and she hated them, but also Sarah, while she was on the other team, was like, friends with, you know, the J.E.K. Dynasty Alliance and whatnot, at least for this season. Uh, certainly not a lot longer after this season or even for the full season this time. But either way, they had some bad blood. They go in. They're flipping each other off. They're talking a lot of shit. Katie wins around. She talks some shit. Sarah wins around. She talks some shit. Sarah wins the whole thing. She talks mad shit. It's great. It's fun game. It's great. Number 10, O-Ring, Ruins, Episode 4. Sarah beats Katie. Number 9, Beach Brawl, baby referenced earlier of course this was on the list the gauntlet 2 what a moment Derek beats Cyrus beach brawl gauntlet 2 I forget what episode I didn't write it down I guess I didn't write down the episodes for a few of these whoops my bad but number nine is the only number that matters beach brawl epic underdog moment it really begins Derek's whole persona we're about to talk about another Derek one from the gauntlet too. So I know it's the whole season begins the whole persona of like, he's going to beat anyone in these things. If you give him something headbanger physical, just who's tougher, who wants it more, Derek's going to thrive. And in this one, of course, you know, Derek, they oil each other up and then they have to knock each other out of the little ring. It's it's sumo wrestling. It's not basically, it is sumo wrestling and big weight difference, big size difference, big height difference in this one. Everyone thinks, ah, this is, you know, Derek's amazing and all, but like Cyrus is going to squash him and Derek gets underneath them, lifts him on out of the thing. It's super contentious. This is the one that leads to Cyrus and TJ almost coming to blows off, not off camera. We have camera of it. We just don't get to see it in the real version of the episode itself. It's a super fun headbanger game Two Goliath legends of the game. Derek beating Cyrus beach brawl comes in at number nine, number eight. Speaking of Derek and the gauntlet, Let's talk about it again. Name that coconut, The Gauntlet 2, episode number one, two, one, two, uh, the first elimination of the season because Derek becomes the captain. Uh, trivia mixed with the headbanger, mixed with Derek taking the captain spot and then holding it for almost the entire season on his team. That all scores super duper high. That is super duper memorable. TJ's introduction to how real stuff gets in the eliminations. I love that this is either the first or the second elimination TJ ever is the host for. And is like, whoa, this is what we're in for. Okay, this is kind of cool. I'm into this now. I like this. This is fun. But if you don't remember the game, they start, you know, at the end of a little field, if you will. TJ asks a trivia question that the answer is a specific cast member. You run down into a pile of coconuts, find the coconut with that cast member's name on it, and then got to get it back across the safety line before the other person tackles you and steals it from you. It's very interesting. It's very fun. It's, again, trivia headbanger. What, what could be better? Number seven, 
pole wrestle. Here we go. It's it's uh, we're gonna start having some headbangers here. Uh, if you didn't think that was coming, they're they're coming. There might not have been as many of them in the first twenty seasons, but. The ones that they had, a lot of them were great, as was this one. Pole wrestled the duel, episode four, Anissa beating Paula. That comes in at number seven. It's the first women's pole, pole wrestle. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, there is, to some degree, a rivalry born out of this, as these two women would face each other three times over the course of not three seasons in a row, but for them, two or three seasons in a row. Obviously, at least three, because someone lost every time one of that happened. But you know what I'm saying. A little mini rivalry spawns between Anissa and Paula, who face each other, a trilogy of eliminations, starting with this one. Anissa with the very memorable, I want it more, throws down the stick afterwards. You know, it's Paula's rookie season. She's really proud of herself afterwards, but like totally breaking down about the whole thing. It's all memorable. It's all great. It's brutal. It's wonderful. That is pole wrestle in a nutshell. And that is number seven on the list. And then number six is back off the duel to episode 10 brad beating landon one of the most historically consequential there it is again it's brad in history consequential history defining altering things happening that brad is either directly doing himself or somehow involved in but here it is again the number six best elimination of the first 20 seasons back off brad beats landon this is the game where they uh they have to wrestle each other uh more or less for the clip that is on each of their backs they have to get the clip off of the other person's back and then run and put that clip on a ring hanging up at their end of the uh the the dual arena and where brad or uh, landon for the only time in his entire career loses his cool he's throwing bad brad around he's being way too physical he dqs one of the rounds because tj's like you gotta go for the thing you can't just try to fuck this dude up <laughs> like you gotta go for the thing um landon then follows that up with throwing brad into the wall on the next one and getting away with it and then of course the iconic insanely smart and clutch move by brad in the decisive final round where they both get the clip around the same time they've been wrestling around they're right underneath Landon's ring. It's like, oh, if they both take the clip off, Landon just has to stand up. Brad, insane clutch, unbelievable. One of the smartest decisions in challenge history. One of the most incredible in the moment thoughts to have and then be able to pull off this maneuver is like, nope. Stands up first, grabs Landon's ring and just throws it as hard as he can. Whips it around in the air because no one said that wasn't allowed. Sprints over to his and clips his in half a second before Landon is able to catch his and get his clipped in. It's insane. And again, Landon wins that final for sure. Landon is then the four-time champion in four seasons and probably the greatest of all time. Brad ends those chances here with the sixth best elimination of the first 20 seasons. Back off, Duel 2, Episode 10. Brad taken down the sometimes-to-some-people-goat Landon. And now the top five, the true best of the best, the iconic, the amazing, the wonderful, the memorable, the five best eliminations of the first 20 season. Number five, wait for me, blackout, fresh me to episode eight and nine. Both versions of wait for me, blackout make this list. This one comes in at number five, Landon and Carly beating Luke and Evelyn one of the most memorable eliminations of all time. An incredible, incredible performance by Carly and Landon. Carly, you know, on the edge of consciousness. Eventually, this leads to them winning. Gets Landon and Carly the overall season win, which obviously plays a factor in this. Ev refusing to try the puzzle. Just skips it, says, screw it, we're going, we're doing it. Landon and Carly do the last puzzle, get that five-minute advantage, and then finish just in time as Evan Luke are sitting there hoping that five-minute clock runs out. It's insane. It's wonderful. It's one of the only times I usually don't like the cliffhangers between you know an elimination or a daily challenge, even a couple times I've done that. This one, well worth it. It's amazing. And it has to be said, too. I don't think I've ever said this before. I don't think I said this during the Fresh Meat 2 podcast, but... Evelyn and Luke win that season if they win this elimination. They probably go into the next, the last exile again, more than likely. Although, pending matchup, they could very well have won that last uh, 
the or they didn't even have to win. They just had to not get one of the last two spots. So unless they get really screwed and, you know, have to go up against Kenny and Laurel as their blockers and take it real seriously in that last daily, they're probably in the final. And if they're in the final, I think they win that final. But so it ruins that for them. It solidifies officially both Wes and Evelyn are now gone. Kenny has won his side of the, you know, the battle that season. Now Landon and Carly go on to win the whole thing. Wait for me, blackout. Landon and Carly beating Luke and Ev. Fresh me to episode eight slash nine. That's number five. What's number four, you ask? Smash house. That's what's number four. Inferno two, episode 10. Abram beating Timmy on a bullshit DQ. Completely and utterly bullshit. Smash house, of course, was the game where they put Timmy and Abram both inside of three glass uh, glass cages. I don't know, cages isn't maybe the right word, but whatever. Rectangle boxes of glass suspended in the air. And they had to smash through all the walls of the first box and then the second box and then the last box. And then last but not least, smash the floor to fall out the bottom. And of course, Timmy does it faster, but somehow, some way, one of his panes of glass goes out the, off the top Falls the 10 feet to the ground and doesn't break at any point during that. And so once they're back on the ground, TJ has to say, hey, you had to smash all of them. You didn't break one. So Abram wins. Uh, This is an insane elimination. It's super dangerous. And as it turns out, both uh, of these two men were had some lasting injuries. And by the tune of, you know, like glass in their knees and stuff for a while after this, which is uh, I don't know if you've ever had that. I hope no one out there listening has ever had anything like that. Probably not good. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that's probably not fun. Not a good thing, but it was an insane elimination. Timmy retires on the spot. Of course, one of my all-time favorite moments from my favorite ever challenger, Timmy, the speech. It's amazing. It's wonderful. I love it so much every time. Smash House comes in at number four. Number three. Now, this is going to maybe get me in a little trouble. You might think, what are you talking about? You you probably came into this list being like, I know what's number one, what's just everything else going to be. But guess what? It's not number one. It's number three. And that would be back up off me, Cutthroat, episode nine, a.k.a. the Bananas Backpack. CT beats Bananas. Well, Tyler beats Bananas, but CT beats Bananas. It's the third best elimination of the first 20 seasons. And here's why it's only third and it's not number one. Because... It's it's a moment more than a great elimination. As an elimination itself, it's obviously it's not competitive, obviously, um, and that brings it down just enough to not be the number one or the number two, but number three. As a moment, we will talk when we talk the best moments of the first twenty seasons. I'll say it will be on that list. Who knows how high it will be? But like this is one where it's more of this one singular moment than it is the actual elimination itself. And because of that, it's no, it's no, you know, it's no snub to be the third best elimination of the first 20 seasons. But I know some people may disagree and would say, how can this not be the top moment, the top elimination, the top everything, what have you? I get it. I hear you. I understand you. But for me, it's number three, the banana's backpack. It's iconic. It's a moment more supersedes, you know, the elimination, but it's still one of the greatest eliminations ever because of the moment that it was. But I have two spots in front of it, and those are number two, balls in the Inferno 2, episode 10, Abram beating Brad. I've talked about it a lot. I've referenced it already. In this podcast, I reference it all the freaking time because it's amazing. It's unbelievable. I would, oh man, the things I would do like this, this version of balls in, if it was just a real sport and you do, it was just like every Saturday there was, you know, 10, 10 people playing their match in it from some season, whatever I would watch so much. It's so great. It's such a, it's such a crazy, fun, interesting game. It's so brutal. And this version, if you don't remember balls in the first ever one, the only one we've seen thus far through 20 seasons and still probably to this day, the greatest balls in of all time is where they get five chances uh, to be on offense, five chances on defense to stop the other person from getting a ball from the outside the ring into the trash can in the middle of the ring. If you knock the ball to the ground or out of the eliminate or knock the person or the ball to the ground, then you that you win as defense on that round. And the reason this one is so much better than all the other ones is because there's no stoppage time. 
And while it might be a little unfair to, in this case, Brad for having to be which side he's on to start and end, they go five in a row. They don't alternate. It's Abrams on offense for five straight. Brad's on offense for five straight, which again, Brad gets the short end of the stick. You prefer in that instance to be on offense first when you got your most energy. But anyways, it's super fast paced. The moment one rounds over, TJ tosses the ball to the person who's on offense is like, go again, let's go. Like there's no stopping. It's intense. It comes down to the last ball. Abram gets the win. Um, they're both super into it, which always matters. We've talked about a lot. We're headbangers. They're only good when you are confident both people involved are into it and are liking it and enjoying it. I mean, I don't know how much they were enjoying getting beating the shit out of each other, but they were both into it at the moment. They were all like, we're good with this. We signed up for this. We're okay going all out on this. So you don't have to feel weird about like, oh, one person's kind of like not enjoying the fact that they have to put on football pads right now. Like, uh, this is, you know, then it gets gross. We've talked about that a lot before, but they're both into it. Abram super duper into it. There was beef going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about until after at the reunion and just in Brad, uh, talking on podcasts later down the road. Um, but there's a lot of chirping that we see. There's a big, big argument, a near fight afterwards between Darrell and Abram and Brad, like all of it together, which was part a very small part, but laid the seeds for eventually down the line, the Brad Durrell punching on the ruins, which it, it's not that that thing instigated it, a very specific thing that season that Brad's talked about a lot instigated in that moment, but there was at least this little history between those two that came out of this moment in an alliance being broken beforehand, and then this being the result of an alliance being broken and that Brad had to go in versus the monster that was Abram in this moment. Just unbelievable. I probably just said in this moment way too many times. I apologize for that, but balls in is number two Inferno two episode 10 Abram beating Brad, the second best elimination of the first 20 seasons in the number one, the one that beats it, the greatest one of the first 20 seasons. And I dare to say I off the top of my dome, I'm not sure what's going to, what's going to replace it over the course of the next 20, whatever seasons we've got to discuss on the rewatch series. But number one is the dual episode number. Wait, I have this wrong. Episode, no, no, this season has been wrong. I'm ruining the number one spot. It's pole wrestle, Wes beating Derek. The duel, Wes beats Derek in pole wrestle. It's maybe Wes's greatest achievement ever, which is saying a lot. He's achieved a lot in this game. Um, but beating Derek in this moment in his Wes's uh, second season in Derek's like fourth or whatever, where he's known now as this like bulldog character and being pole wrestle and being not the first ever time. Cause we had seen it earlier that season, but you know, one of the first ever pole wrestles it's out of control, violent. It's super exhilarating. It's one of the first times I can remember like the moment you start watching it, you're standing up on your seat. You, you can't look, but you have to look. You're kind of like biting your fingernails. You can't believe how crazy and gnarly this is. And these two warriors just fucking throwing each other around. It's insane. We had seen it before that season a couple times, but we had not seen it like this. And I once upon a time, a long time ago, when for some reason I wrote like 10 blog posts once upon a time, I said one of those blog posts that this moment right here, Wes beating Derek, this pull wrestle from the duel was the moment the show officially went from being a game to being a sport. I believe it happened literally in this moment. Uh, I believe I mentioned that on the Duels podcast. I know I mentioned it actually on the Inferno 2 podcast where I talked about balls in between Abram and Brad, the number two best elimination ever that we just spoke about, as being the kind of precursor to the first time the production realized like, whoa, we might have something interesting here. What if we leaned in a little bit to this? And then them leaning in led to a couple of seasons later on the dual pole wrestle being a thing. And suddenly in this moment, we've now officially everyone standing around like, I guess this is a sport now because that was gladiator shit. We just watched and like, we can't, this can't be anything other than that. Like that's kind of the thing we're probably going to be known for and became eventually for better and worse. Both of those things are true. There's a lot of great stuff because of that. And there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't like because of that. And it's understandable. It is what it is, but this changed the series, the franchise, the show, uh, changed the game. It made it not a game. It made it a sport. 
and it was incredible and it was exhilarating and it's two of the all-time best in the number one maybe you know most defining game the earliest days of the most defining elimination pole wrestle the duel west beating Derek. it's number one without a doubt and that's the list to recap for those keeping score at home as quickly as we can running back through that the honorable mentions die hard laurel beating camilla at cutthroat episode 7 push me svetlana beating kina duel episode 12 perfect fit trishel beats steve the gauntlet season eight or episode 8 waterbound evelyn beating a bunch of people on the island episode 8 the rack kellyanne beating robin and rachel island episode 3 Pull me over, Brandon beating Ty from Cutthroat. Back up, off me, Cara Maria beating Mandy from Cutthroat. Those were your honorable mentions. Your top 20 then was number 20, SWAT, Katie beating Aia, and Luke beating Easy in Cutthroat. Spool numbered came in number 19 from the Ruins, Kahuta beating Wes. Number 18 was Ball Brawl, Coral beating Beth on the Gauntlet. Three, number 17, and number 16 was both from the Ruins, both Ragdoll. Bananas beating Dunbar, Susie beating Kimberly. Number 15 was Kahuta beating Cyrus in Hogtie on the Ruins. Number 14 was Kellyanne beating Evelyn in Shadow Fighters on the Ruins. Number 13, Alton beating Adam and Capture the Flag on the Gauntlet 2. 12, Wait for Me Blackout, Fresh Me 2, Jen and Noor beating Teresa and Ryan. Number 11, Brad beats CT and Push Me, the Duel Episode 5, the DQ heard around the world. Number 10, Sarah beating Katie and O-Ring on the Ruins. Number 9, Derek beating Cyrus, Gauntlet the two beach brawl number eight Derek beating Adam again gauntlet two this time name that coconut number seven Anissa beats Paula on the duel in pole wrestle number six Brad beats Landon historic upset back off duel two episode 10 number five wait for me blackout again this one Landon and Carly beating Luke and Ev from fresh meat two number four the worst DQ ever in one of the most insane eliminations ever. Abram beats Timmy in Smash House Inferno 2. Number three, the Bananas backpack back up off me. Cutthroat episode nine, CT beats Bananas. Number two, Abram beats Brad. Balls in Inferno 2. And number one was Wes beating Derek in the duel in pole wrestle. That is your top 20 plus those honorable mentions, plus Sarah Grayson, honorable mention for all five of her gauntlet queen victories that she had. That's the list, the best eliminations of the first 20 seasons. That's it for the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening today. Of course, always hit that follow, subscribe button, wherever you may be listening so that you don't miss an episode. Five-star ratings and reviews also help a whole heck of a lot. Thank you to all of those who did that this week as part of the Challenge Mania Laugh poster giveaway. I'll be back tomorrow morning with my good friend Paige covering Survivor. If you're watching Survivor, listen to that next week. We got the best MVPs and cast members of the first 20 seasons, plus the best moments and quotes, plus ride or dies coverage, everything coming your way. Hit that follow, subscribe, chop it up with me about the challenge. Anytime you want, DMs are open at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Until we talk again, have a great weekend. Peace.